I'm Kyle. Okay, here's where y'all are so wrong because y'all are idiots. And I'm Drew with a U. As the boss of this podcast, I'm going to say... And I'm Handsome Drew. Oh, I was not listening. (laughs) That is very apparent to everyone on the podcast that you were not listening. And this is not... And this is not... And this is not... This is not the podcast you deserve. Welcome to episode 82 of Not the Podcast You Deserve. This is our now streaming episode where we talk about stuff that we've been streaming. But before we get to that, guys, we had some interaction via the Twitter sphere um, this week, and it wasn't by our only listener, Dale. We have fans. Um, what? A, an, a fellow podcast uh, at Hogwarts A Pod uh, reached out to us after we posted our Fantastic Beasts, The Secret of Dumbledore. They tell podcast. us about how wrong we were on everything. <laughs> No, they actually uh, reached out and said we had mixed feelings as well. Um, they said there were definitely some high moments, but the first Fantastic Beasts movie is still their favorite. Um, and they also thought that we were correct on it being the best wizard battles of all of the Harry Potter and Fantastic Beasts franchise. Uh, which was nice to have some uh, someone other than Dale reach out to us. Although Dale did also reach out to us via Twitter. And uh, he basically said he was never going to see a Fantastic Beasts movie. Uh, but he said, Reign of Fire, there's a movie with Fantastic Beasts. Wow. Which, he's not wrong. Surprising um, no one. He is not wrong about that. Yeah, right, right, right. Um, so yeah, that's cool. A, a fellow podcast reached out. Um, if you are a fan of Harry Potter, uh, Hogwarts A-Pod, um, they read chapter by chapter all of the Harry Potter uh, books. And then they talk about each chapter. Um, so pretty cool. Oh, if you're into nice. that sort of thing, that's at Hogwarts A-Pod. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Agree with us on multiple points. It sounds like they've got good taste as well. So it sounds like they know what they're talking Big about. Big fans, yeah, absolutely. Big fans. Uh, and I actually would, I would agree with them. I think the first one is definitely the best one. Um, it, it. Yeah, I don't think it's that close, right? No, it opens up the world and it's fun and it's like fantastical, mm-hmm. as the name would le- lead you to believe. Uh, without getting too bogged down in the mire of, ooh, we really got stuck in the storyline of Grindelwald and we wish we could get out of it. <laughs> right it does kind of seem like that whole like grindelwald thing was like something that while jk rowling was just writing this like movie she was like oh and then i forgot to tie up this loose string in harry potter and i'll throw it in now and yeah. then it became the main focus of it but i don't know um and then uh outside of interaction via the twitter sphere uh drew allen recommended death on the nile last week in last week's episode and i turned it on uh due to his recommendation and guys, Kenneth Branagh is so good. Like, yeah. do we deserve Kenneth Branagh? Yes. I don't know if we do. Uh, I don't know if we do. That's a great point. I mean, <laughs> I have not watched Belfast, and I feel like that makes him the hero that I need, not the one I deserve. And I think I had mocked uh, the Fantastic Beasts in uh, the Secrets of Dumbledore because of their. They really attempted. They tried really hard to make the camera um, like very. Uh, very flowy and, and be like a part of the scene, especially in that first scene with Dumbledore and Grindelwald in the cafe. Mm-hmm. And I thought that was really poorly done, which is ironic because the next movie I saw was Death on the Nile, and the camera has to be a character <laughs> in that movie because the whole movie is basically just groups of people sitting down and talking. And so there's a ton of camera movement, but it's done really, really, really well, where you kind of feel like the camera is... Uh, it's your perspective. Right. It's it's you on the boat um, without it being like Halo <laughs> style, like first person shooter yeah. game. It's a really, really well done, though. 
Um, and I texted uh, Drew Allen 30 minutes into the movie and said, I know who the killer is. And you were right. It's not that yeah. hard to figure out. But it doesn't. that doesn't make it uh, any right. less fun. It was and still I, a good ride. And I appreciate it. I totally that. agree with you. I'm glad you had the same takeaway. Um, because I feel like a lot of times I go into those murder mysteries being like, who, oh, I, I, don't, I hope I don't figure, you know, I'm trying to figure it out the whole time. And normally, right. you know, it's a big whoop-to-do, surprise, twist at the end. And like a bad mystery thing, a bad murder mystery doesn't give you all of the clues to solve it. Like it like holds everything back or it gives you a bunch of misleading red herrings that like never factor in. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And instead of trying to yeah. do all that to like surprise an audience that's seen 101 different murder mysteries, I felt like Death in the Nile just gave you all of the cards. And if you're paying attention, then you can figure it out early, which is almost more fun to be like, to feel like a detective yourself. Yeah. No, it was a good ride. I enjoyed it. I think Gal Gadot or Gal Gadot, mm-hmm. how you say her name, she's really found her niche of where like she can just be really, really pretty and <laughs> have like four or five acting. lines of dialogue yeah. and like that's yeah. kinda it. Um but yeah, no, it was uh it was a good ride. And Egret, isn't it? I don't think I've seen Egret in anything other than Game of Thrones, <laughs> but uh it was good to see her yeah. back in a movie. What so, what did you think um, of Army the, Hammer being in the movie? Yeah, I mean, I I don't really get caught up in that sort of stuff too much, so it didn't bother me. Yeah, I mean, like he really tries whatever. to distance himself from <laughs> topics that are too edgy for the morning show. I mean, if I was, if every movie I watched, everybody had to be, you know, like a stand-up citizen for me to enjoy it, then like I, I'm not gonna be watching too many movies. Yeah, that's fair. Things. I feel like it's um, okay to have your bar at doesn't eat other people, though. You know, fair, fair <laughs> enough. I mean, if it came out Low that stakes. Robin Williams, wow! If it came out that Robin Williams or Bill Murray or somebody was actually a cannibal, you know, fifty years ago, does that mean you're not going to go back and watch Aladdin or Caddyshack anymore? Yeah, I, like, but I feel like Robin um, Williams would make it funny in some way, shape, or form. You know, no, wow. too far. <laughs> God. Uh, the other one I watched this week, I don't. I think this one came out a few years back, called The House on HBO Max. And even though that's a title of what would sound like it was a scary movie, it is a movie featuring Will Ferrell and Amy wow. Poehler and a bunch of other famous oh, funny people. Were they like? And it's about them. Op- they open a casino like in their garage or yeah. something, right? Isn't that the one where yeah. Hugh Laurie is a doctor and he gets to solve? All uh, right. <sighs> Dang it! No, it's, it's lupus. No, it is not. <laughs> it's always lupus. It's never. It's lupus. never lupus, but they always guess that it's lupus. Yeah. <laughs> Um, but I would not say the house is a good movie. I would say it's one of those at like 11 PM and like, you can't go to sleep and you're just trying to buy some time until you fall asleep. It was a fun watch. Uh, I'm, uh, I'm a sucker for Amy Poehler. I'm a sucker for Will Ferrell. So it was a good watch and I had fun. Um, but those are basically what I've been streaming this week. Other than what we're talking about next episode. Uh, Drew Allen, what have you been watching? Uh, real quick before you throw it to me, uh, where did you find the house? Is that a HBO max? Nice. HBO Max, cool. yeah. I may throw that one on if I'm up late this week. Uh, what did I watch this week? I only really watched one really new thing that I'm excited to talk about. And it is Snake Eyes, a G.I. Joe Origins movie. Was that terrible? So, hmm. <laughs> You've kind of gotten to the, the, crux, of my, the crux of my <laughs> <laughs> yeah, bit here. Yeah, your lack of an answer spoke volumes. No. 
It said more than you could ever. It, it actually, I, I enjoyed it more than I expected it to. I expected it to be absolutely terrible because nobody talked about it. Like, I have not heard one person talk about this movie. And... Well, it had the... It, had, it came, was trying to come out, like, right as COVID was released. And the trailer was released, like, right around the same time yeah. Black Widow's trailer was yeah. released. And they looked like the same yes. movie. Like, you could have... If you had not shown me the title card to either right, of those right. trailers... I would have assumed they were both Black Widow. I feel like you're right. A lot of people... I, I never heard anybody talk about this movie. And I feel like it came out all, around the same time a bunch of those Marvel movies were coming right back into after COVID. So it was competing against a bunch of similar uh, themed movies, which is like action-packed thrillers that are kind of made for kids, but kind of made for adults. Um, which Marvel, I mean, absolutely crushes a thousand percent of the time, and GI Joe only yeah. crushes like fifty percent of the time. <laughs> um, <laughs> so I, it makes sense that everybody would choose to go out and see the Marvel movies instead of a GI Joe origin story. Um, but I think if you enjoy the Snake Eyes character and you enjoy kind of the action. Uh, it's it kind of has some raid. It like attempts to be a little bit of the raid. It has the the main character from the raid in it in a in a side character, so that's pretty fun. There's some fun action scenes. It's a little bit too long. Like the first twenty minutes, it's a little bloated, but the last half of it is pretty fun to get into. And there actually is some wire uh, action scenes that I enjoyed. Like, I normally don't go in for the Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon, like, wire work martial arts stuff, but they did it really well, kind of the way Marvel does it, where it's, like, super jumps and, and really attacking, but not quite so twinkle toes on the treetops type of stuff. Yeah. So, I, I would uh, also recommend it for a after hours, I've got time to kill, let's throw on kind of a middling... Actually, Where can I find that one? That is on Amazon Prime, actually. So okay. for freezies. So capitalize while you get the chance, because I'm not sure if I would drop some cash on it. Fair so enough. Walk, yeah. don't run to your couch and turn on Amazon Prime for Snake Eyes, a GI Joe origin story. Crawford, what you got for us? Well, I'm actually glad to hear somebody talk about that movie because, like you mentioned. I literally haven't heard anybody ever in my circles give a review of that movie. Yeah. And I was actually interested in seeing it when it came out because I, you know, nostalgia purposes, liked Snake Eyes mm. as, a, as a kid yeah. growing up. I, I didn't think the movie was going to be stupid. So <laughs> I did, I did like, fully know that going in. So I never actually saw it. Yeah. But now hearing somebody go, hey, it's not great, but you might like it. I was like, all right. I'm going to try to put it on my list. That's great for your expectations. And also, now knowing that I'm talking to a Snake Eyes fan, I should say they do revamp some of his origin story. So if you're pretty well-versed in how Snake Eyes became Snake Eyes, they change up a little bit. Mainly that Snake Eyes has a bunch of talking lines throughout the whole movie. (laughs) So in a way, they've totally changed the character. And in another way... No, that's pretty much it. They totally changed the character. <laughs> that's fair. It's hard to make an entirely silent uh, main character. Yeah, and listen, I love Ray Park as much as the next guy. Uh, he played Darth Maul and Snake Eyes. Ray Park is in this movie? No, he's not. He got recast 
Oh, is he like originally? Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, he was. So he was Snake Eyes in a former movie. Yes, and the first two. This G. is a spinoff Joe's. movie. Yes. Oh wow. Okay. Adriana Pelacecki. This nope. is her movie that was nope. spun off of. Yeah. Yes. In a way, they kind of like redoing the whole series. Um, what a nightmare! It's like <laughs> what a bad deal. <laughs> it's like ten years later. They they I saw somewhere on like the IMDb trivia that they're trying to cross over with like a bunch of Hasbro toy lines like Transformers. Good. And Good, because that'll that's what's gonna move. But and me out on this though. Dungeons the and reason, Dragons. See, the reason they're doing all this stupid BS is because people are go only going out to see the big Marvel blockbuster movies, and they're not going to see everything everywhere all at once and the the small movies that are really good nobody's going to see because they can stream everything from home now so we're it's gonna get worse yep. way before it gets better we're just gonna get all these huge toy movies yep. and comic book like el muerto that no one wants to see but they uh. see it's associated with marvel so they'll go see it just like how did morbius make so much money i don't understand yep yep this... we're gonna get to that here in a little bit too in the next episode of great movies that didn't make any money and it's just, it's going to get so much worse. This podcast is brought to you by the Angelica Theater. All right, Crawford, what do you got for us? <laughs> uh, so I, I kept watching my same, you know, uh, weekly episodic shows that are coming out, Halo, Moon Knight. Uh, I do want to mention that the fifth episode of Moon Knight is like the therapy America needs right now. Ooh, yeah. I don't know uh, if it... If any of our listeners out there are into therapy or not, but you should be. Everybody should be. Uh, but God, I'm just blown away by how good Oscar Isaac is uh, yeah. at, at playing multiple characters inside the same character. Um, there was a lot more CGI in this one, uh, but it's it's not corny or cheesy. Um, it's a very more... It's also not like just straight run and punch type <laughs> stuff. Uh, it's a little bit more thought provoking and dealing with emotions and uh, dealing with the inner struggle of somebody who went through traumatic emotional stress and like how he tried to cope with that. And then the coping mechanism, finding out about that. And it was very interesting. And I would highly recommend it to everybody. Just watch the show just for that one episode. Um, I did hear that the season finale is going to be like the shortest one of the series. Hmm. It's like 40 yeah, minutes or something too. like that. Mm-hmm. I'm kind of disappointed to hear that because I really love the show. I want it to go on forever. You know, I think, uh, my prediction, if you, I know the, the last episode drops in like seven hours <laughs> from now. Um, but I, my prediction is the last episode is going to be us seeing everything that's already happened. From the point of view of Jake, who is the third uh, Mm -hmm. personality, and how he's been the one who's been kind of jacking everything up, changing out the goldfish, asking out the girl to the steakhouse, killing all those people and stuff. And the series is going to end with him being, spoiler alert, brought back to life, and it's going to end, and then then it's going to be him thrust into the next movie or whatever. That's my hope, Mm. because I don't really want a season two of this. Like, I thought this was a really good, as like an origin story instead of getting one two hour long movie. I thought this has been a nice, you know, six hour ride Mm -hmm. that we've been on, but I would like to just throw him in there with blade, throw him in there with the black Knight. Um, I I just want to see him in movies now because like I've, I've had my fill of this. I think, yeah, you know what? 
Go ahead, Drew. I think that brings up a great question that my wife asked me while watching Moon Knight, which is, how does Marvel decide what's a TV series and what's a movie? Um, because they they have... I don't know. I, I couldn't answer the question. Do y'all have a, a, a an answer for like what becomes a great Marvel TV show versus what becomes like is Moon Knight now a character that can be in movies that we have his TV show origins? Yes. I think by the end of it you will because they'll have set up everything that is about Moon Knight. You need to know mm-hmm. the same thing. Like they start off with Wandavision. All Wandavision really was was taking you from her one character arc to where she needs to be for Doctor Strange. Mm-hmm. All yeah. Falcon and the Winter Soldier really was, was getting uh, Falcon from where he was at the end of Endgame to where he needs to be for this next one. Um, and then what they're doing with Moon Knight, what they're going to do with She-Hulk, I think it's really just, hey, instead of making you sit through an origin story, which we kind of don't yeah. have time for anymore, yeah. we're going to give you six hours of episodes to introduce you to the character, and then bam, they're going to be in there in the full-length pictures because that's what makes the money. Is the yep. movies? Yeah, I can't imagine these TV shows make them much money, if at all. But they make their bank back in movies. So hmm. I think it's really just to, hey, we're not going to make you sit the origin stories anymore. We're going to give you what you need to know, and then, but there's still some like Shang Chi, which deserve an origin story movie. I think it's for the ones that like nobody really wants to see Jennifer Walters, you know, need a blood transfusion from Bruce Banner, and then all of a sudden she's green. Like. Yeah. We don't need two hours of that movie. We'll take 30 minutes of it at a time for six weeks, but we don't need to <laughs> yeah. a two-hour movie of that. Yeah, okay. No, I, I think you hit the nail square on the head. That That's exactly... It's the soft intro uh, filler space of saying, we could try to squeeze this into an hour and a half. It's going to be disjointed, and you're not going to love it, but you're going to see it anyway. Or we could spread it out, spend some time on it, really dive into it, make it good, make it kind of interesting... And then feel absolutely no pressure to do a second season right. and just start launching movies off of it. Yeah, and that's not to say that they're bad or like I still really enjoy them, but I think it's just no. I think I think they're yeah. really good. Uh, I think they're well done, and I think it's because they can make them well done because they don't have to feel the pressure of I got to string this out into six seasons potentially. Imagine if the first time you saw King the Conqueror was just as the bad guy in Ant Man three. You know, we've already we already know so much about that character. I don't even know what the script is for Ant-Man 3 yet. I don't even know what the plot line is. I just know Kang's in it. I'm freaking excited about it. And, like, you wouldn't... If if I just knew that Kang was going to be in it and I had not seen Jonathan Majors crush it in Loki. Yeah. And, like, I would still be excited, but now I'm, like, fired up. Like, let's get there. So, yeah. I think it's really just to introduce people and kind of get you from point A to point B without having to do a two-hour movie of it. Yeah. It'll get you less Thor 2s, I think, is really... Yes. Agreed. It'll get you less. This movie is bridging the gap until the next Avengers yeah, movie. I love that yeah. because there is. I did get some superhero like fatigue coming into Infinity War and Endgame. I don't know if y'all remember that time, but like Ant Man Two had just come out, and I had loved like every single movie Marvel came out with. But it was like the only franchise coming out with movies that I would go see, and they were coming out every six months, and I was just like, mm. going through Ant Man Two after watching. Infinity War was like, ah, you know, it's tough to compare apples and oranges sometimes. So I appreciate y'all's yep. y'all input on that. And and the last thing I'll say on it is that it also, in a you know, a spinoff of origin stories, they also might allow you to skip the passing of the torch stories, right? Like Hawkeye did. Yeah. Uh, we oh, can, nice. Yeah, so yeah. you don't have to do the 
buddy cop kind of movies where it's like <laughs> i'm the old grizzled guy who doesn't want to be here anymore and it's like but i just love you and i want to pick up the torch and it's like all right well we don't have to like drag that out for an hour and a half we can make a fun show out of it and set it during christmas um the other thing the other thing that i watched this week that i would highly highly recommend it's on paramount plus and it's a new show called the offer and it's about the making of the godfather Miles Teller, right? Yes. And it is very, very good. Uh, It's very interesting. Uh, It's very well done. It's very funny. I think it's very well written. Um, I like a lot of what Miles Teller does, and I Mm. think he does this character well as kind of like a young, driven, I don't really know what I'm doing, but I'll, I'll figure it out. Like, I'll just, I'll be charismatic and until I get the answer that I want. Uh, kind of like a war dogs type of thing. Um, but it, I also really like the Godfather and it's fun to watch that happen. Um, cause I didn't know a lot of the backstory behind it. Um, like the book that was written and how like it went about and all the controversy it caused. Um, also want to shout out to, I had to look up both their names real quick, but Dan, uh, Fogler, uh, who is the guy from Fantastic Beasts? He's uh, the guy with the like the muggle that gets the wand. Oh yeah, Jacob Kowalski. Jacob, yeah. Um, he's very very funny in this. He plays uh, Francis Ford Coppola. Cool. And, wow. Yeah. He he does a great job with that. And then Giovanni Ribisi. Uh, oh Ribid, yeah. Ribisi. I don't know how to he's say. He's great. His name. I I always mess his name up. Um, he plays like the mobster that oh cool it like anthony is kind of based off of mm-hmm. in in and so it's cool to see those parallels going on at the same time everybody in the show does a really good job i'm only two or three episodes in and i'm having a great time so cool the offer on paramount plus highly recommend does that mean i have to buy paramount <laughs> plus for this in halo and i want to watch the, the jeremy renner one too the... and mayor kingston yeah mm. i mean they're, they're coming out with some bangers, guys. Listen. Also, if you're into, uh, oh, what's it called? Yellowstone. They also have uh, 1883 on there. Looks like that's going to do it for this episode of Now Streaming and Not the Podcast You Deserve. Please stick around as we talk about one of the best movies that's ever come out in the history of cinema, The Unbearable Weight of Massive Talent. Next. Woo.